The first duty of love is to listen. That quote from a German philosopher gives you an indication of what our topic is today. This is episode number 27, and we're going to talk about a powerful leadership skill, listening aggressively. And here's what we're going to focus on in this podcast. Why you should never tell someone to relax when they're upset. Six beliefs of someone who's a great listener. How does a great listener think? I think that'll be helpful. We're going to talk about what is the definition of listening aggressively? How is that different from how you might be thinking about listening? I'm going to share with you a four-step process that you can use to to try out the listening aggressively skill. And you'll have a link to a, a PDF memory jogger card so that you can remember those steps and practice them. We're going to go through six negative listening habits, and you're going to be able to kind of measure yourself. Hey, do I have any of those? I know I can do one or two of those at uh, sometimes, so it's a nice revisit to look at those. And I'm going to share with you a funny video that you're going to want to watch. It'll make you laugh. You'll relate to it. And it really brings home the point of what people want from us in um, communication and uh, particularly around listening. So let's get started. Welcome to the Wake Up Eager Workforce Podcast, a show designed for leaders, trainers, and consultants who are responsible for employee selection and professional development. Each episode is packed full with insider tips, best practices, expert interviews, and inspiration. Please welcome the host who is helping leaders, trainers, and consultants everywhere, Susie Price. Welcome. My name is Susie Price, and I am a consultant, a professional facilitator and author, and my company is Priceless Professional Development, where we focus on building energy, commitment, and communication in organizations. I'm happy to be here today to talk to you about this important topic. The show notes for today's podcast around listening aggressively can be found at pricelessprofessional.com forward slash listen. So listening, we all know this is important, right? And, and why is it important? Well, it's that, that quote that I started out with today, which was the first duty of love is to listen. We intuitively know and we feel it when someone listens to us. It's a demonstration of love. And it's a free, free gift we can give to others. And it's powerful in organizations, on teams, in relationships. And it's a great way to build trust and to understand, build understanding and to build commitment. And it really is a power leadership tool. So uh, I mentioned the quote, the first duty of love is to listen. That's one of my favorite quotes. But here's another one that I've used throughout the years, and I always go back to it. Thoreau said it, the greatest compliment that was ever paid me was when one asked me what I thought and attended to my answer. It's a compliment when we listen and we ask people, what do you think? And then we do something with what they shared. So we're going to talk about that today. And I'm going to, I was reminded, I've always felt passionate about this topic properly for several reasons. One, I'm a talker. So it's something, you know, we always teach what we need to learn. So over the years, I've learned the power of listening. I think, um, there have been times in my life where I haven't felt listened to, either with leaders or personally, and I just know the difference it makes. I personally have felt it, and I've seen it. And I want to share a little example of something that brought this home recently. I wrote about this in my newsletter for in August, the August 2016 newsletter. 
I was out walking my dog. See, I have a, I have a home office, and um, I do better in my home office because I could work nonstop. But it, it doesn't. The effectiveness of my day goes downhill, even though I'm in a home office. I do need to take the short break. So I will during the day often. If you can't reach me, if I'm not responding on email, I'm either with a client or I'm walking my dogs. So uh, I usually, uh, there's a park I like to take them to, but that takes a little more time. So I don't always have time to do that. So often the default is I'm walking down the street in my subdivision um, and I can put pictures of Oscar, my dogs. Oscar and Walter in in the um, show notes so you can see them. Uh, they're totally cute. They're sh- Shih Tzu Poodles, in case you're wondering. One is uh, 13 years old and the other is four months old. So it's uh, two cutie pies. Um, but usually when I'm walking, uh, there's somebody I try to avoid. I hate to admit it, but it's one of my neighbors. And if I see her, I tend to go the other way or hope, hope she doesn't catch my eye. We'll refer to her as Debbie Downer, and that name will kind of give you an idea why I'm thinking, okay, there she is, other way, right? So a couple weeks ago, I was walking my little guys, and I was feeling really good. I'm a relatively positive person, but you know, we all have our dips and ups and downs, and I was definitely in a very up place, feeling very connected, feeling very appreciative, uh, feeling rested, feeling well cared for, just full. You know, when your gas tank is full, that's how I was feeling. And I noticed it. It's like, I just feel particularly good today. The weather was beautiful. I'm outside with my dogs. Um, I have my own business that I love and a husband that I love. And just, just you know, we the feeling appreciative of everything. And uh, I, I feel like a lot of that has to do with the you know, sometimes I'm better at this than other times, but I talk about it a lot, and that is taking tune-in time. And I've been very consistent this summer around tune-in time, which is a minimum of 15 minutes a day. And I I do more because I don't I don't I don't drive into an office every day, so I have more time. Um, but tune-in time is basically spending time every day reflecting. Uh, I meditate. I journal. Um, you know, plan my day, plan, you know, what's important when I do my list of six, which I've heard, I think if you've heard me talk about that, you know, what, what's going to, going to happen this week, I'll do that priorities, just tune in time, quiet time to prepare, prepaving what's coming forward. So I had been really good about that. So my gas tank was very full. And so I'm walking the dogs, let's get back to that. And before I could go the other way, Debbie Downer saw me. And she came over to us, and I didn't feel my usual, okay, how do I get out of this? How do I make a quick excuse, which I hate to admit, but I do feel that way and do that sometimes. I just kind of felt relaxed and saw her and didn't have the alarm of, oh, my gosh, protect myself. And um, saw Debbie Downer, and she started chatting and did what she usually does. She's talked, and really it's complaining um, about her um mom's schedule and how crazy it is and um this time though i think it was because my gas tank was so full i didn't feel frustrated with her and i just listened i was just fully present that's something we talk about in another podcast about relational presence but i was just present with her and i i didn't feel impatient and restless which was my typical mode and i wasn't trying to 
physically run away, of course, because I was standing there. But mentally, in the past, I would kind of go, oh, God, get me out of here. Um, I wasn't doing that either. I didn't try to interrupt her to stop her at the pass. I didn't try to redirect her by throwing positive quotes or affirmations to her. And I really just kind of just took her for who she was and just said, okay, I'll just stand here and I'll listen. I'm not going to try to change her or do anything. She finished her story, whatever it was, and I did something I'd really not done with her before. Um, I acknowledged her feelings and I offered her support. I don't remember what I said, but it was something like, here are her feelings. Wow, it sounds like you're really overwhelmed. And she does always sound that way. And that's I was feeling compassion as opposed to impatience. If you know the disc, I'm like a 100D. And what they tell with the high Ds is, you know, be, be brief, be prepared, be gone sometimes in their style because they like to just move fast. So, But I wasn't moving fast. I felt compassion for her. And I said, wow, it sounds like you're over, really overwhelmed. And we had a little conversation about that. And then I said, it also sounds like you're a great mom. You're doing so many good things for your kids. And she is. It's awesome. I wish I was her kid. Um, and so I was acknowledging her feelings and offered her support. And it was a different tone and conversation than what I've had with her in the past. Nothing's ever been rude. But, of course, I was always escaping. <laughs> so it was different. And I think she knew it. And she seemed a little surprised. And then I saw it was a moment. You know, you have those moments sometimes. And... Um, she gave me a soft smile. I, I don't think I've ever seen her smile. She's always pretty down or pretty overwhelmed or, or maybe negative. That's probably why I was avoiding her a lot. But it seemed like her shoulders dropped. Her She relaxed. And, you know, I probably imagined this, but it seemed like she just had a nice exhale. You know, like, ah. And even retelling a story, it doesn't sound that dramatic. But in the moment, there was a moment there where it was like a message to me <laughs> and um, of, of the power of giving to people your time, your love. And so uh, I walked away and I felt really humbled because I know how I've approached her in the past and it, it stuck with me, that exchange, and it stuck with me enough. You know, may, I have many interactions throughout the day because I'm in the people business, right? So coaching and clients and executives. And, but that exchange probably took less than five minutes with my neighbor stuck with me. And it, it really tells the story and, and deep, deeply reminds me that there's power in seeing people and caring about people, hearing them, and tuning into them. So I focus on this. When I'm in my coach mode, I'm definitely, like I say, I always want to caveat what I'm saying because I'm not perfect. Um, but I really strive to be present, remove distractions. I am not in my D mode, the dominance. I'm in the, in the be present and listen mode. Um, I'm happy to be there. I'm present. But a lot of times in my personal life, I, I want my personal time and I don't want to move myself into that gear. Um, so even though I know the power of listening when you're coaching and when you're facilitating and, you know, 
um, in a lot of situations when you're around people you're choosing to be around, but I had forgotten the power of listening and listening aggressively when you have someone who maybe isn't in a good place. Um, so a lot of a lot of power in listening aggressively, and that's why we're talking about it today. I want to give you my definition for listening aggressively. And I've every time I use this in a class, I can remember one time in particular I was at many years ago. I was at Kimberly Clark Health Care, and it was a group of sales executives, sales managers, and um, we started talking about this topic. And they were so energized. Um, they were very busy, so they weren't totally excited that they were in a training class, and this was early on in the class. But when we started talking about my definition for listening aggressively, they were so engaged, and um, I find that a lot in training when we talk about this topic, because I think everybody innately knows it's important, and we're always being reminded to come back to it. So here's the definition. A focus on hearing in a determined and energetic way. A focus on hearing in a determined and energetic way. So if you think about my example with Debbie Downer, I was relaxed, but I was focused and I was just willing. You know, another way you could say is about being willing and, and um, you know, I wasn't mentally running. I was present. And here's the rest of the definition after a focus on hearing in a determined and energetic way. When you're doing this well. You demonstrate your desire to understand by asking questions and listening with no other agenda than to understand. So my agenda isn't to change you or to help you leave my little five-minute conversation and be more positive. That's not the agenda. It's no agenda. Be present because it's so unusual to do that. It really is. There are four action steps and we're going to go into detail around these action steps. Like, so how do you break it down? So if we were to put it in a still frame and go frame by frame of somebody doing a good job of listening aggressively, the things that, that they would do to be effective would be they would reflect. So then I'm calling that acknowledgement with Debbie. Man, it sounds like you're overwhelmed. So you're reflecting the feeling. You're reflecting what you're hearing. Um, you know, it sounds like you're overwhelmed. You probe, and in her case, because um, she's a talker, she didn't need me to probe. She'd given me all the details. But you might, with an employee, ask, so tell me what's going on, or what happened, or how did that happen? Natural questions that would come to mind if you're totally present with someone. Probe, so you reflect, probe, then you support. Wow, sounds like you're a great mom. Or sounds like uh, you're doing a good job and working really hard at it. Or it sounds like you feel like that. It could be an employee situation. Maybe you don't agree with what they're upset about, but your support could be around, you know, hey, it sounds like uh, you feel, feel very strongly about this. And then the fourth step, which is the last one, is when you advise. And that's when you actually, if it's an opposite uh, suggestion or if it's a um, you know you need to tell them what's going to happen next uh, and it might not be exactly what they want to have happen um, you you advise you tell them what what that what's what you know what the advice is so it's reflect probe support advise and if you notice the advice part comes after you've done some listening aggressively by getting to their viewpoint I read a Wall Street Journal article recently. I love that paper. I read it every morning. Um, and 
in it is there's always nuggets like this and it's it's an article called why you should never tell someone to relax um and i'll read little parts of the article it's uh they're talking about how to share how to help someone who's stressed out and they're basically reflecting uh restating a little bit about this listening aggressively though they don't use those terms here's the article it's a paradoxical fact when someone is getting stressed out one of the least effective and perhaps most annoying things to say is relax the directive has exactly the opposite effect on most people People who instruct a colleague, subordinate, or loved one to relax may have good intentions, but it's usually better to resist ordering people to change their emotional state and try a different strategy. To help calm someone who's stressed, acknowledge his or her feelings first by saying, looks like you're having a tough day. Show empathy and ask open-ended questions such as, tell me what's going on. This is going to give the person a chance to talk about his or her feelings. Other research shows that trying to hide or suppress an emotion called emotion suppression typically backfires. When people are told to hide how they feel and try to clamp down on the emotion, it actually leaks out more. So think about that. You've got an employee who's upset and they're coming in to complain and you say, hey, get over it. Hey, stop being so mad. So when people are told to hide how they feel and try to clamp down on the emotion, this is from the article, it actually leaks out more. So tell me not to feel what I'm feeling and I will get madder or more upset, (laughs) basically. So, you know, if you have a Debbie or David Downer in your on your team or that you work with or your neighbor like me, um, you know, somebody you think, oh, my goodness, I'm going to run from you. I'm either going to physically avoid you or mentally block you. I invite you to consider this idea of listening aggressively. Uh, the Gallup organization is somebody I quote all the time because I love their research. And it's very clear about uh, the research. One is very solid and sound and um massive and proven out over the years Um, but they also it's practical and it's things that we can do right away around this whole idea of engagement but they share that seven out of ten employees don't feel appreciated that they're disengaged and and i would say that's probably about right unfortunately Um, and appreciation feeling disengaged a lot of that is not being heard not being listened to um and and basically people you know within their survey say you know in the last seven days i've received appreciation Uh, my somebody at work cares about me those are the things that are important to employees to get buy-in and in groups of teams that have high buy-in have high scores in those areas you know I've, i've received recognition in the last seven days and someone in my company cares about me or my leader cares about me great way to show that you care is listen and listen aggressively. And one way to really be good with that, especially if you have some of my style tendencies, a high D, or maybe you're a high C where you're very logic oriented and uh, or, or your high I influence, which is a, a talker, any of those um you know, can cause you to not adapt if you're just using your style willy nilly. But we can adapt in conversations and we can make a choice to manage our style. And if you're a leader, you want to manage the part that talks too much or is short with people or only only talks in logic. And um, 
one way to do that well is to do the tune in time. You know, make sure you're rested. Take time every day to reflect or meditate or pray or read something uplifting. And um, if you just did that 15 minutes a day, um, it'll it'll fill up your gas tank. And 15 minutes a day is one percent a day. And in a year, that's 91 hours of tune in time, of time of you taking some time to fill your gas tank up with whatever fills your gas tank up. Um, and as you do more of the tune in time, and that was why that day I was so able, somebody I had been avoiding to be present with Debbie Downer, who's, I'm not going to call her Debbie Downer anymore. <laughs> I don't want to cast her in that light, but I was able to just without, without pushing against, but it had to do with that. I was, I was full. My gas tank was full. I was able to be more present. So I'll have a link to tune in time activities. I think there's 15 of them on an article I did years ago on that. And I'll have a link to it and more about tune in time um, uh, on that page. I also have a book that I wrote, 120 Stress Management Strategies. It's an ebook and you can do it on your Kindle or do it... um, on your computer and it also has email tips that you can sign up for the email tips and you'll get a tip a day for 120 days Monday through Friday but that also is a a, a book that talks a lot about tuning in and taking care of mind body spirit and as we do that then we're able to do these things that we're we're intending to do I intend to be a great listener but if I'm stressed or worn out or uh, you know, at, at burned out in any way, then um, that goes out the window and my natural style t- kicks in. So there's a little bit about that. Let's talk about listening aggressively and, you know, think about one of your favorite leaders. And I often will ask this question in a class. Okay, let's make a list of your best leaders' characteristics. And we make a list of your worst char- leaders' characteristics. And under the best leader, it always comes out, no matter what the group is, listening is in there somewhere. He listened to me. She tuned in to me. She cared about me. So here are some mindset and beliefs that you see from the, that great leaders who are great communicators, therefore great listeners, Here's some of their mindset. And you can think about, think of them saying these words um, when when somebody's describing their thoughts and their beliefs. They would say this if they're a great listener. I seek to understand others first before I try to get them to understand my view. This is crucial to all relationships as well as the level of trust and respect we have with each other. So I seek first to understand. Okay, here's another belief. Words alone don't teach. Life experience teaches. What I say needs to be clear, but people need to experience things for themselves to really know, understand, and accept. Wow, that is my favorite, 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 favorite. Especially, I guess, since I'm a facilitator and a coach and a consultant, you know, my saying the words are not enough. And as a leader, you saying you need to do this. I often will hear leaders or or even like my mom and dad when they're talking to my nephews, then they'll come back to me and say, well, I told him. And so they'll tell me word for word, every all the advice that they gave him, you know, one of our nephews about something. And as a leader, I'll often hear that too. Other leaders will say, well, I told her that she cannot do so and so and so. Well, what we tell people doesn't click unless they're going to buy. They're going to buy into it, and they have to go out and experience that and use that. So, um, listening sets the groundwork. It makes um, it makes that advice possible to be heard. Another um, 
belief of great leaders is they believe that their example is their strongest message. So I'm going to be the example that I want to see, right? Or that I want others to be. Another belief that great leaders have is my way is not the only way. It's just a way. I am the leader, but I invite participation, new ideas, and new ways of doing what we do. That makes sense that that great leaders would think like that because they're willing to listen. So if you think that you have all the ideas and only the good ones, one, you're shutting down your people. Two, you're probably not listening. So be honest with yourself if that's going on there. Invite people to participate. It's one of the skills in the uh, call uh, leadership, the four skills that I talk about at Best Bosses. And one of them is listening aggressively. Another is lead by inviting participation. They go together. Another belief, there's just two more. I try to look at and focus upon the best attributes in others. Even in difficult, intense situations, I can discuss negative facts, beliefs, and still value the person. So you love the sinner, not the sin. Maybe is that, I think that's something I heard recently. Um, you know, so finding, finding the appreciation of the person and being able to separate that out from, okay, here's some problems that are going on with either your behavior or your actions on the job. And then, and that's also one of the four core leadership skills, which is address, address behaviors factually and quickly. So you're talking about not that the person is a problem, that their behaviors and, you know, things that they're doing are a problem. And then the last belief, I always expect the best from others. So great beliefs. Go, maybe you could go back and look at these in the show notes at pricelessprofessional.com slash listen. And you could assess yourself, you know, on a scale of one to 10, where am I in these? How many beliefs are there? One, two, three, four, five, six beliefs. You know, where am I? Which one do I feel like I'm really mastered and which ones could I do some work on? And so I have a little hand exercise for you. If you're driving, of course, I do not want you to do this. But if you're sitting or you have a minute or can do it later, um, I just want to demonstrate the power of listening again by having you put press your hands together palm to palm in front of your chest. So you're going to press, right? They're pressing against each other. So your right arm is going to represent someone like, say, Debbie, my neighbor. And your left arm is going to be... Um, the leader who is listening to Debbie, okay? So when the leader is not listening and Debbie is talking, hand-to-hand -hand press, the leader is, is resistant and frustrated and trying to, trying to shut Debbie down, and Debbie's just not going to stop because she does not going to, it's just a human nature, tell me not to feel some way and it's going to come out more, right? So they're pressing against each other. So now let's, let's go back and say, okay, um, if your leader is the left hand and uh, the leader is now tuned up, so they've been taking their tune-in time, they're relaxed, they, they've been focusing on listening aggressively, and so the left hand now is relaxed, and so somebody did, like Debbie works for you, and they come in to do their complaining, and, and you notice the, it, the hands move. So you're not staying stuck in the middle anymore. The right hand is pushing the left hand. The left hand leader is relaxing into and allowing the discussion. At some point, there'll be some their movement, and the movement will be, 
um, the right hand will get tired. The resistant one, Debbie, um, is going to just give out a steam, and then you're able to come back toward that person. So Debbie's talking, and you're doing the the four steps of reflect, probe, or the first three of of listening aggressively, reflect, probe, and support, try to understand. And then by that point, she's run out of steam, and you're able to move the conversation to the left a little bit by giving some advice or telling uh, Debbie or whomever, you know, what has to happen or what the facts are. Um, so instead of staying stuck, you know, so you're, you're stuck in the middle, there's movement. And, and at some point what you want is the hands to both go out together. So you're walking out of that discussion, or maybe you have to have 10 discussions or more. You're walking out together. So you're in it together. You're not pressing against one against the other. Um, but to get there, you had and to get the hands moving forward. So say, say, say you're sitting sitting next to each other and you're contracted and stuck then there's some movement that would be kind of a better movement you know with the hands moving back forth and then the palms go out and you're leaving the room together on the same page that's basically a a demonstration of how rpsa can start getting you rpsa is the acronym for listening aggressively um, getting you to be that leader that gives the compliment of listening Um, so Let's go back to reflect, probe, support, advise, and let's just drill down on that just a little bit. So to reflect, and again, the acronym is RPSA, and there's a PDF to this um, that you can print and download if you want. It's like a little memory jogger card. So what is reflect? You're going to verify, clarify, Um, and I would also say probably acknowledge, and it's usually about feelings or what you're hearing. So for me in my scenario, wow, it sounds like you're overwhelmed. You know, demonstrating compassion, demonstrating right off the bat that you're listening. And and when you do that, it it oftentimes I've seen people really angry. Um, If you have someone who's, you know, uh, big inventing, stop what you're doing, let them vent and then say, wow, it sounds like you're really angry. It's like, like people like, I feel heard. Okay, it lowers resistance. It stops that pressing against um, or can slow it down a little bit anyway. Um, So usually it lowers the resistance, too, because now you've just acknowledged how they're feeling and they came in ready for a battle. So that's reflect. And then probe. You're going to ask clarifying questions. Do you mind if I ask you a few questions? What did you think about it? Help me understand. So they feel heard in the first step, and you may stay there a little while. You just keep reflecting what you're hearing. You know, our, what's our instinct when somebody comes to a problem? We either want to meet them. If you talk about the hands pressed together, we want to come right at them, especially if they're angry or upset. We either want to come after them and give them some quick medicine to fix it, you know, fix it or shut them down. So this, if you can use this, I know it's not as clean as all this because we're all messy humans, so it's not always you go lockstep, but breaking it down like this um, really helps you think, okay, this is actually a skill I can build. So when you're reflecting and probing, um, you're doing the opposite of instinct, which instinct often for most of us is, let me tell you how to fix it because I need to fix it and I need you to move on or I need to fix it because I can't stand it when people are, are you know uncomfortable. So 
once they feel heard, they tend to relax. And then, you know, as you're probing, you're starting to understand their perspective. So if you ask questions, it's always tell me more. What did you think? Why do you say that? Um, you know, as a consultant, that's my job to ask questions to understand. So um, and, and it's something I can continually get better at. Um, so we're going to reflect we're going to probe and then we're going to support. And this is just to under to demonstrate understanding with the um, Debbie. What I said is, you know, gosh, you're a great mom. She is. She does amazing things. Like I said, I wish she'd adopt me. <laughs> we did great things for her kids, you know, so and and so offer some support. You know, maybe it's maybe it's hard to find the support, um, but you can usually demonstrate some kind of understanding, even if you completely disagree with what the person's upset about or what they're coming to you about. Um, you can demonstrate that you understand. So I understand what you shared with me. So maybe you're supported. That's the degree you can give to that person. Um, and, and you can find that if you've done reflecting and probing. So because probing helps you understand their perspective. And so it's like, okay, I get it. I understand where you're coming from. I can see why that made you angry, or I can see why this is a concern. And then you go to advising, which is to provide facts and making a recommendation. And, um, so it might be, so I can see you do the uh, support and understanding. I, I can see why you, why you came to that conclusion. And maybe, the, maybe somebody's upset because they don't understand the big picture. Or they don't see, you know, all the things that you see as a leader. So then you go into the advice, which is, again, making a recommendation or providing facts. Well, let me just tell you what's happening here or why I made that decision or you know, I let me just let you know, I understand. And this is part of the job. So it's not about letting somebody run over you. And it's not about spending three hours listening to somebody vent. Um, but if you actually do these steps effectively, at some point, very quickly, usually, you'll be able to get into the recommending phase of the conversation. But if you advise too early, if you if you cut off the after you reflect, you just tell them, well, let me tell you what you need to do. You'll people will not come along with you, and they probably are not going to hear your advice. I talked about earlier about us having good advice and people not hearing, or or like my parents, which cracks me up with my nephews. I told them, I told him, blah, da, 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 and I'm pretty sure because I know my nephews pretty well. They they. They respect my parents, but I'm not. I'm pretty sure they weren't listening. <laughs> but it's because they were too busy advising and recommending and not doing enough of the other. And um, personal examples always always make it clear because we can so easily see those. Um, so, RPSA. Those are the steps I mentioned in the opening about a video, and I'll have a link to it. Uh, in the show notes at pricelessprofessional.com slash listen. And it's only a couple minutes, but it cracks me up every time I watch it. It's a guy and a gal, presumably a husband and a wife or a boyfriend and a girlfriend, and they're sitting on a couch and um, she's talking about having headaches and not sleeping well. And um, <laughs> it makes me laugh just to mention it. And then he looks at her and you don't, you just see the back of her head to start with, I think is how it goes. And he looks at her and says, well, and he gives her some advice. Well, you know, you have that nail in your head. And she, and when you, by the time you look at her, she's got a nail poking out of her forehead. And she's like, I'm sick of you talking about the nail. 
I just want you to listen to me. And so then they, and then she keeps going on about snagging her sweaters and all this stuff. And then finally, at some point when she's disrupt, you know, disgusted with him because he's continually giving her advice, he says, wow. And he's like struggling to figure out what to say. And he does a reflecting thing. He says, uh, wow, that, that must be really hard. Exactly. I'm so glad you understand is how she responds. So it just really makes the point of we can be giving really good advice. And um, if we haven't listened, we haven't reflected, we haven't probed to try to understand, and we haven't offered support, uh, that advice even if it's obvious like she has a freaking nail in her head, uh, is gone um, unnoticed. So go watch the video. It'll make you laugh. And then share it with somebody because it'll make them laugh too. So um, so that's the, that's as a leader, what we're always trying to do is how can you reduce resistance and get people to walk along with you? How do I get you to come with me? Um so that we can all work together. We can all work as one. And there's a million different ways to do that from strategy to, um, gosh, you know, there's just so many things to talk about. But the biggest one is your relationship one-to-one, your trust that you're able to build one-to-one with each person that you interact with. And, and that's how you show up at every interaction. And that's why I'm such a fan of um, the four leadership skills. And I'll put a link to those podcasts, um, four skills best bosses use uh, in the show notes. Um, and why I'm such a fan of listening aggressively and how important it is, because it is this idea of this is how I build trust one-to-one I'm known as a listener and well you know what when you're a good listener too you know a heck of a lot more of what's going on than when you're the one talking or you're the one you're so busy doing tasks or you know that you don't have time to listen we don't have time not to listen you just don't have time not to listen there's my impassioned speech about listening aggressively Um, I've left a memory jogger card link um, and, and an art link to an article I did that actually has an, an, another audio example of listening aggressively. So we're coming to the last part of this. I want to share with you listening, negative listening habits. And I want you to, to, to rate yourself. A three on this little quiz is, oops, that's me. A two is, uh, sometimes that's me. And a one is never me. Okay, so three is oops, that's me. Two, sometimes me. One, never me. So six negative listening habits. They're pretty good. And like I said, there's one or two that I know I give, you know, work on constantly. So maybe see if you can see which ones you work on and then we'll count up your points. You know, the least you could get is six points and the most you could get because there are six of them is 18 points. Okay. So first negative listening habit, faker. So all the outward signs are there. I'm nodding, making eye contact, giving the occasional uh uh-huh. But the faker isn't concentrating on the speaker. His mind is elsewhere. Happens all the time. And with a busy leader, that is going to happen. So it doesn't mean you're not going to do it sometimes, but your goal is to try to try to figure out when can I do less of this, the faker, the interrupter. The interrupter is not using the skills either of reflect, probe, or support because the interrupter doesn't allow the speaker to finish and doesn't ask clarifying questions or seek out more information. He's too anxious to speak his words and shows little concern for the speaker. 
We see that a lot. Yes, we do. Okay, so rate yourself three, two, one. Oops, sometimes, never. All right, the happy hooker. This is a fun one. The happy hooker uses the speaker's words only as a way to get to his message. So when the speaker says something, and frankly, it could be anything, the happy hooker steals the focus and then changes to his own point of view, opinion, story, or facts. Favorite hooker lines are, oh, that's nothing. Here's what happened to me. I remember when I was happy hooker. Where are you? Oops. Sometimes. Never. The advice giver. Giving advice is sometimes helpful. However... As we heard from our Wall Street Journal article, telling people to relax is not helpful. However, at other times, this behavior interferes with good listening because it doesn't allow the speaker to fully articulate his feelings or thoughts. It doesn't help the speaker solve his own problems. It prevents, prohibits venting. It could also belittle the speaker by minimizing a concern with a quick solution. Well-placed advice is an important function in selling and in leading. However, advice given too quickly and at the wrong time is a turn off. So you're not going to be building any trust if you do that too quickly. That's kind of that's why we've got those three steps in front of the advise step for our PSA, listening aggressively. Rebuttal maker. This listener only listens long enough to form a rebuttal. So it's uh, it's the guy who was good at or gal who was good on the debate team. His point is to use the speaker's words against him. At his worst, he's argumentative and wants to prove you wrong. At the least, this person always wants to make the speaker see his point of view. And number six, the a lot the intellectual or I can't even say it the intellectual or logical listener. Sorry, this person is always trying to interpret what the speaker is saying and why he's judging the speaker's words and trying to fit them in his, into his logic box. He rarely asks about the underlying feeling or emotion attached to a message. So if you're um, high theoretical on the motivators, that could be a tendency. If uh, you're also uh, high C. That would be a natural tendency, high compliance on the disc style. So it's a, you know, let me just analyze this. And so kind of keeping the distance from the person in regard, and, and instead of uh, moving toward the person or sitting with the person uh, while they express. So we've got the, you're rating yourself. Three is oops, two is sometimes, and one is never. We got the faker, the interrupter, the happy hooker, the advice giver, rebuttal maker, and the intellectual or logical listener. If you only had six points, you're a really good listener. That means you don't do any of those. If you have seven to ten points, sometimes you're a good listener. And if you have between 11 and 18, you've got some negative habits. Um, so and you'll see resource links, and we've already talked about tools to get better at to stop us so ourselves in our tracks around these six negative habits They're, we're human we're not always going to be perfect but boy we sure do want to head that off at the pass um, and we just have to make a decision i'm going to change that habit and now you have a name for it so that'll make it a little easier when things are nebulous and but when you see yourself in black and white like oh yeah i do that <laughs> then it's a little easier to decide, okay, that's going to make a difference to change it. So, you know, I um, love this skill, as you can obviously tell and see the value of it. Um, 
Over the years, years ago, I had I worked with a company, Flight Safety International, and I, I would go and do a week. It was a whole week. They were there a week for boot camps. It was like their up-and-coming leaders. And I was there a day and a half. They'd all taken the talent insights assessment, and we would spend a day and a half around their style, their motivators, and then I would do a section around hiring, you know, understanding how to create a dashboard and understanding, you know, picking picking you know from the tools that we talked about for themselves for hiring so it was an awesome awesome gig that I got to do seven eight years in a row um, great great people at that company and um, so I would be there a day and a half and the reason I'm telling you that is because this is their boot camp right so they would have at lunch and of the days I was there and every evening um, I was there they would have speakers, CEOs, Navy SEAL people, the CEO of NetJet spoke, uh, CEO of, I think it was a company called AVL. It was awesome. So, you know, I was having the opportunity to facilitate and do my stuff, but then I got to sit with them and listen to these amazing, um, they were all people who were clients of flight safety. They train pilots and they have simulators. And so they had a lot of great connections and cool people. Um, SEAL Team 6 that went out, and I think that's the team that got... uh, Oh, I'm blanking out on Osama bin Laden. Um, one of those guys spoke. Um, anyway, it was awesome, awesome company and awesome experience. But it was every leader would share their their what they're sharing was over lunch or dinner was you know their idea of leadership, what was most important, and and every single leader from the commander of a ship in the Navy to the CEO of NetJets to um, the other CEO of, I think it was called Avial, like I mentioned earlier, they all said um, or something about listening, about how important it was, that that's a skill that you needed to hone. And it really stuck with me that they, I mean, there's a million things they could talk about, strategy, they could talk about, you know, a million things about leadership because the topic is so large, but every single one um, talked about really listening to the person in front of them. And, and, and we sometimes take for granted um, this skill, or we say, yeah, 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 I know that. Uh, but to really work on it, now that, that's something. And you'll be noticed for it because there's so little of it around. It's important skill to, to build. So I want you to use RPSA. I want you to take all those leaders' advice, those people who are running the corporations and SEAL, SEAL Team 6 and um, – my advice and uh, and your own experiences really are most important. Um, uh, seeing the power, maybe you'll have experience like I had with Debbie, where you do something different with someone, and you just uh, it was so humbling to walk away from that and saying, "Man, I know this, and I haven't been doing it." And look at the difference it can make in a moment. You know, we have those moments with people, and those moments matter. That connection. So we go back to what we started with today. The first duty of love is to listen. That's from a German philosopher. And the greatest compliment that was ever paid to me was when one asked me what I thought and attended to my answer. Listening is a gift. It's a compliment. Go out and be that kind of leader. Listen. Thanks. We'll talk to you on the next podcast. 
This episode of the Wake Up Eager Workforce Podcast was brought to you by Priceless Professional Development. Thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's show, head over to pricelessprofessional.com to gain access to more professional development resources. 